There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest case study on man. And you know what we're looking at here is just the conscious journey. You can use this for men and women, but we're looking at breaking the old paradigms of being a man, that narcissistic behavior, that controlling behavior, the toxic masculinity. And we're looking at interviewing a hundred conscious men on their own conscious journey because this isn't a destination, it is a journey. And I'm with my bloody conscious brother, Mr. Duff. Jamie, how are you, bro? Hey, brother. Thank you so much. Man, what a journey you and I have been on, eh? <laughs> oh, man, it goes deep. It's deep, it bro. Deep. Yeah. We go deep. Now, we first met, we first met in this event uh, in Abud in Bali like fuck what October was it October last year yeah mid-October yeah it was like probably only a few days after I first got to Bali yeah 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 we um and we've just stayed connected since then man and it's been beautiful seeing where our paths have gone and we we did a deep dive together at at a retreat in February and it's just been really cool to see both of us sort of grow together in this path man and I'm excited to share your journey bro I'm really excited Man, I'm I'm so excited to be here. It's mm-hmm. um like you say, you've been a huge part of my journey, man. You know, you've been it's almost like a cornerstone of of, of a lot of what I've gone through in the last, you know, six to eight months. So mm. yeah. It's been it's been beautiful to see you blossom, man. And see where you're at now. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. So the first question is, bro, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Yeah, man. So I grew up in um Perth in Australia. Um, I was actually born though, born over in Waikiki Island in New Zealand. So yeah, um, very most people don't really know it, um, or they might know it as a sort of winery beach destination, which is brilliant for. But um, mm. but yeah, what it is to me is a deeply spiritual place, and uh, I didn't really start coming back to that until last year. So mm. that's where I sort of started my life in a, in a hippie commune on a, on a small <laughs> island. <laughs> Yeah, so your parents were quite hippie, were they? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Spent a lot of time, you know, living in a in a bus driving around Australia. My mum did, and you know, dad's you know spent a lot of time sort of just backpacking around New Zealand on no more than a hundred dollars and and these kinds of things. So, and that's how you grew up. Uh, so, well, I grew up more in a, I guess, a more domesticated environment. So, you know, in a in a house on the on the island, and then move over moved over to Perth when I was four years old. Um, and yeah, basically spent the rest of my life here. Cool, um, man. Moved away from Perth a couple of years ago, and only recently returned. As you know, sort of went on this big journey, and um, yeah, just came back very recently. Uh, you know, with fresh eyes and seeing this city that I spent. 25 years of my life in um, with the whole new light. Awesome, bro. Awesome. How old are you now? Uh, just turned 31. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. What And what are you doing for a living right now? Uh, so for a living, I've uh, gone back to engineering. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't start studying until I was quite late. So, you know, 23, I started uni, started this engineering journey and, and spent the next seven years studying and becoming an engineer and, and getting to a certain point. Um, a point where I decided to quit and walk away for forever. <laughs> yeah. Why did you quit? Um, there was a few reasons, really. I, I met an amazing woman and um, we both sort of had this similar dream of buying a one-way ticket and, and not really knowing what was on the other side. Um, at the same time, what I was doing wasn't really resonating with me. It was, um, you know, it wasn't really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, I actually had the opportunity to work on Waikiki Island, mm-hmm. um, and even that, I was building a school, and even that wasn't filling me up. I felt it was just very much, you know, go through the motions, get the project done, get on to the next job. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't getting much job satisfaction, and I, I had the money there. I had this, you know, beautiful person in my life that was willing to share this journey with me to buy this one-way ticket, and um, yeah, so sort of just walked away and, and didn't think I'd ever be back. And uh, you went traveling, followed your heart, but it wasn't exactly what you wanted or was it just a bit different to what you were expecting? Uh, in terms of what I wanted, I guess it's hard to pinpoint what I really wanted. I think I just wanted, you know, freedom. I wanted to, mm. um, but <laughs> you probably know better than anyone, you don't really get what you want, you, you get what you need. So. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good lesson, bro. Just to, to see that you know, if that's yeah. what you had to learn to go back to that. And are you are you were you like when you've come back into what you're doing now, engineering? You know, you left it. You've gone on this journey. Now you've come back. Are you are you seeing it in a whole new way? Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, like only six weeks into that twelve months that I had away, the walls closed in really fast. Yeah, I was like, I was traveling around, and this is great. I got my freedom. This is amazing. This is exactly what I wanted. And then, like, a lot of stuff started to come up. Yeah. You know, what's next? Who am I? You know, what do I really want to do with my life? Why am I not applying myself to the next step? Et cetera, et cetera. So that sort of started my, my journey and, and, and started the work. And that was sort of been doing a lot of stuff in the background for years. But that, that you know, it was almost a stone, snowball effect, that yeah. realization that I was like, what's going on now? Yeah. And uh, yeah, almost 12 months later, I returned back to engineering and, and just, and, and returned back to Perth as well. I, I left Perth in 2018 for, for Auckland and, and was just so done with it, man. I was so done. I was so done with the, the standard narrative and the, the mindset and 
needed to get away. And, and now I've come back and realized, you know, Perth changed a little bit, but it was probably already there, that underlying mm. spiritual community, that connection, those, you know, those people who are open and ready to have those conversations in advance. So yeah, with, with what I know now and who I am now and, and, and what I can see now, I guess my, I'm just, my perceptions are completely open and yeah, um, it's cool. Mm, yeah. Awesome, bro. Awesome, man. What's one thing you're really good at? One thing I'm really good at is bringing people together. Yeah. I really, really enjoy, you know, just seeing what I see in people and, and then saying, hey, you'd be, you know, you'd really get on with this person. Well, this person loves this. So, you know, bring groups together, groups of people. Mm. Um, connector. The connector, yeah. It really lights me up to see people, you know, come together and, and just share different journeys and different paths. And cool. for me, and it's, it's something probably go deeper on later, but I never really fit it in yeah. to groups. Um, so for me to have the ability to fit someone into a group and saying, hey, you don't like this person because, and to give that to other people, mm -hmm. I think is something that's quite healing for me. And mm. yeah. That's powerful, man. What's one of your biggest fears right now? Yeah, my biggest fear right now, my biggest fear right now is, and I thought about this a lot because I, <laughs> I did hear this question. On, on a couple of the episodes, I've only listened to two or three, uh, and only, only the people that I know well. But my biggest fear is that I'm going to spend the next year or two years or three years and or ten years and, and look back and go, fuck, like I spent too much time in my head, mm. too much time in my head, and not enough time enjoying life man the moment, yeah. doing the shit that I want to do being present you know exploring love exploring sexuality and you know just spending too much time thinking about how to live life rather than fucking just living it yeah yeah it's so true man it's like the um I, you know I mean getting to this age now we're both similar ages and it's like are we we're never going to see our 20s again like they're done so what's done is done, but now we can live our 30s the most, like, you know, without any regret, without any worries, or just like, just live it and enjoy it because we're never going to see it again. Like, this is the first time we've ever been going into our 30s, into to learning, bro. So I totally resonate with that, bro, and I think a lot of people will. Mm. What's one of your favorite quotes? Oh, man. You know, there's, there's a few that have come through this year that have been, you know, big for me and have helped me through a lot probably more affirmations and quotes, but one that I probably attribute to my entire journey, which probably started back in about 2012, my entire sort of waking up journey, is life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, what does that mean to you? For me, it means to constantly push the boundaries and, and to move outside of, you know, what we see as comfortable, what we see as okay, what we see as what we should be doing. Um, yeah, and to just step into those things that we find we're resisting, because that's where the ultimate growth happens. That's mm -hmm. where that's where we progress in life, and that's where we reach new levels and we create new interactions and, you know, finding those edges constantly redefining those edges and moving beyond that and um yeah like i said just start start living man and, and, and not thinking about what's next or what's going to happen or how what i need in place to be able to do this and just mm. 
diving right in. Mm, beautiful, man. Beautiful. What's a conscious man to you? Conscious man, consciousness for me, and this is something I've, you know, there's a part of me, as you probably know quite well, is, is an existential philosopher. And <laughs> this little existential philosopher sort of comes out sometimes and, and sometimes I give him too much energy and sometimes not enough, but definitely spend a lot of time in that space and, and thinking about this question of what's consciousness and, and what is it for me and, and what, I guess, what definition of it serves me the most. Um, cause there's, a, there's a lot of definitions, you know, connection to the universe and connection to, you know, downloads from aliens and, and, and whatever it is. But for me, what serves me the most is, is to look at it as just a level of awareness. Mm. So I look at the human body and as a sort of a combination of energy, and, you know, that, that energy is, is a combination of, of sort of nature and nurture, you know, like our genetics, which is our hardware and our environment, you know, all our programming, which is our software. And we basically get put together to create an, create an output. So consciousness for me is just what level of awareness do we have of what is inherently subconscious? What level of awareness do we have of our hardware? What level of awareness do I have of my software, of my mm. program? It's like a, having a strong awareness of yourself and your environment. Yeah, yeah. It's like sort of like why we do what we do, you know, what, yeah. you know, what physically within me is, is causing that behavior or what, what emotionally, what mentally is causing that behavior within me. Yeah. And it can, it can obviously on, it's on a spectrum, on a scale, right? The more, the more we become aware and that for me, that's consciousness. It's just, it's just an awareness of the unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. What's one yeah. thing that challenges you right now? Oh man, it's, yeah, spending too much time in my head, I think is, is something that challenges me. How does that show up? Um, probably by not diving into enough situations, as many situations as I'd like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking my way out of things and thinking my way out of experiences and conversations that, you know, just allowing me to be authentically me, mm-hmm. you know, just just relaxing. And I think I'm getting there in some sense, you know. I'm, I'm starting to open up to the guys at work and I'm, I'm telling them quirky things about myself which I would have normally hidden, mm-hmm. um, which always probably made me not fit in because um, I was just very plain. Mm-hmm. Like um, putting a mask up and like pretending... Things, yeah. You mean? Yeah. Just living very much in the middle, you know, and, and and I still find myself slipping back into that. Like, how much do I want to expose myself? How much do I want to, you know, expose myself to criticism and public yeah. humiliation, those kinds of things? And, yeah. So it sort of just gets exhausting sometimes, man. Being, being, especially being in that engineering world where. Yeah. It's, it's, and I had this problem before, it's sort of like, it's literally my job to, I guess, overthink every situation. You know, what, yeah. what can go wrong here? What, you know, how can we fix it if things can go wrong? And, and you know, always be in the, in the mind. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, transitioning from that environment to just wanting to surrender and, and flow um, and just dive into situations is just something that's been the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. 
like you say, doing, doing the real work, man, like, you know, Bali's quite easily in flow and, you know, you do hard work there, but coming back into, you know, the standard narrative, the normal society is, um, has been the biggest challenge for me the last few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally relate, bro. Good on you, mm-hmm. man. That's where it's needed. That's where it's needed right there. What's, what's unconditional yeah. love mean to you? Unconditional love. Hmm. Thought a lot about this one as well. And um, love is hard is hard for me to define. It's sort of something like happiness, I think. It's very personal to everyone. And and it's sort of made up of a complex mix of emotions. Um, but I think that's conditional love. You know, for me, unconditional love is just pure acceptance. As if I was to say that, you know, the way I feel love is, is through companionship. And when I feel companionship, I feel excited. So for me, that's love. Like, then I'm attaching that excitement to love, mm-hmm. which makes it conditional. So, if, yeah, I guess. You know, so if you're, if you're, what you mean by conditional is if they're not, if you're not excited or they're not exciting you, therefore um, it's, you're not feeling love for them or you don't love that person? Well, I so love them only, So it's only, yeah, you love them conditionally, meaning that, yeah. that it's, an, oh, it's a one-sided love. Well, yeah, yeah, one-sided and, and, and very much, you know, I love them because they make me feel excited. Um, and so, so unconditional me, would be, unconditional would be to love them regardless of how they make you feel. Yeah, just devoid of emotion, just... Devoid of emotion, it would just be, which sounds, you know, when I put it in those terms, it sounds kind of sad, but, but really just it's ultimate acceptance, regardless of how that person makes you feel or yeah. who, they, who they are when they're around you or, or how that situation or experience makes you feel. It's just the ultimate mm. acceptance. Mm, I feel yeah. that, bro. I feel that. That's awesome, man. And last question for this section, do you believe in a greater power and what is that to you? For me, this is very similar to you know what I was talking about before about the um, you know what's what definition of this serves me the most, um, and a lot of my spiritual journey is based in the science. You know what what scientifically can I explain, and how does that relate to the spiritual experience for me? And, and that's something that's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the. The greatest thing that I can comprehend right now is that we're all connected. I definitely feel that we're all connected, but the way that I see that connection is in terms of if who I am is made up by my programming and my experiences and you have an influence on my experience, then you have a way of influencing who I am. You create who I am by who you are, and that's how we're connected. Okay. So that's the force that I see is that we all have this ongoing. You know, we're not just this self. We we project and we influence, and, and we 
you know, we bounce off each other. We're all constantly. So is that what you mean by the greater power? Right now, is that what you like? You believe the greater yeah. power is everyone? Yeah, yeah. I believe the power is all within us, and and we're connected by being able to influence each other and who we are. Yeah. yeah. So in the sense of like, like the the like God or like that does that has that ever been in like your realm of thinking you know religion I've, I've always been very disconnected from um, and mm. even spirituality I had a, had a probably a, not a holistic view of it because my mum's view of spirituality is, is, is different to some and, and obviously everyone's got their own and, and I've often had some conversations with my mum about spirituality and we haven't aligned where she believes in reincarnation these kinds of things so yeah for me it doesn't serve me to put faith in something that is so far removed from where i am i think and this is something that came up deeply for me in in the brave retreat is is the the power is within the greater power is is within inside us and 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 we have the power to not only receive but to to give that influence and connect with others and and you know change the way people feel and think and and that's how we connect Mm -hmm. yeah i feel that bro i get that that's cool thanks for sharing that man Mm. now let's get into the main the main questions where we talk about your conscious journey first question here is what is your what did your life look like as unwoke and and how does that compare to now You know, something that comes up a lot for me in, in this talking about, you know, woke and unwoke and um, conscious and unconscious. I, I really don't want to offend people um, because, you know, part of my journey is, you know, part of the, the things that, um, you know, my story basically is, is, is anxiety and, and something that triggered anxiety attacks was, was me talking about this sort of like journey to a close friend of mine and they were offended because they were, they weren't unwoke or they, you know, but they were just on a different path. Mm. They were, you know, they, they were living their life how they wanted to live it and that was fine, but it wasn't how I wanted to live it. And I, I guess, you know, that came across as critical. To them mm-hmm. so I'm just going to preface it with that <laughs> yeah I appreciate that yeah so when I talk about work and unwork it's really just my own personal journey um, and not to be critical of anyone else on their on their own journey and in their own path mm, totally um, but for me un- unwork was I guess was just living on autopilot man just you know, I just, I just started living this life I thought I should live. I, I got a, you know, got a job straight after high school and started working my way up the chain, became a, you know, supervisor and, um, mum was sort of, you know, feeding me the standard narrative, you know, you should buy a house and, you know, property is a good way to make money and ended up doing that when I was 19. Um, and they just, yeah, just had a partner move in with me and, you know, just started to live that, that narrative and, you know, bought a car on, on a car loan and, and, and that went on for years, man. That went on for several years. I was just 
living a life of should. Mm. Who was the should? Just was it someone. was it your environment? Was it your was it your mum? Was a what was it? Was it the expectations of your work your workforce? Yeah, I think it was just my my programming of what a life should look like in our society, especially in Perth. You know that um, the standard narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What sort of things were you doing to make it autopilot? Just, you know, just spending money on things that, you know, materialistic things. Um, And, you know, doing a job that wasn't fulfilling me, um, you know, wasn't doing anything in terms of to advance myself physically, wasn't going to the gym or exercising or um, I I was never connecting with nature. I wasn't going out, you know, going to the beach or none of that stuff sort of excited me. I even actually had a trip to Bali back in 2009 and it was just, you know, it was just drinking and staying in, you know, staying in the middle of the cooter and partying and, um, yeah, I just never questioned why I was doing what I was doing. I never stopped. And, yeah. yeah. What sort of, what sort of like, was there certain ways that you were treating people differently? Like then to now, like how will you treat people? How will you interact with people? You said you had anxiety. Was that like, like what was causing that? Yeah, I mean, so I started uni in, in 2012 um, and that was the sort of, I guess, start of my, not waking up, um, but, but just, you know, when I got the idea, like just an inkling that there was something more out there. Um, than just uh, living that life that I was living. I ended up, I, I, you know, I quit my job, I sold my house, I applied for uni, I started living in a share house, I separated from my partner at the time and came across that quote, you know, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I'm like, I wonder, like, what's out there, you know, what's... Um, started going to uni, and, and but it was still very much, you know, unconscious, you know, drinking and... You know, went to you know went to Europe and, and did all these backpacking trips, and it was just drinking and sleeping with you know as many women as possible, and just sort of you know on the chase. So you were you were looking at like you slept with a lot of women while you, in that in that unwife period. Is that what you? Yeah, know? yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, through that period, you know, that I was you know single and and just yeah, it was it was it was about the thrill of the chase. It was, um, so and you were drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah not. I only ever drank socially. Yeah. I was never, you know, never one to just go like on a Tuesday night and you know, sit down and have a six pack or something. You know, I was um, just, yeah, a lot of partying, you know, a lot of like, you know, back in the day, you know, party drugs and that kind of stuff, you know, like going to raves and you know, the early 20s and then, you know, crept up into, you know, sort of mid 20s when I was at uni and it was just a lot of drinking and um, every weekend, you know, going out in the town and, um, and then, you know, I'd go to Europe and I'd drink, you know, three weeks straight and mm. <laughs> just, you know, and end up this like, you know, mess. Mm. What about, mess. what about your relationships with people back then? How was that? I think there's two distinct versions of me. Um, there was me in, 
romantic relationships and then there was me being single. Um, me being single, like my, I guess my relationships with other people were just trying to be the people pleaser. Trying to trying to fit in, trying to be who I could never be in high school, you know, the, the cool guy or the people that, you know, the one that people called to go out with on the weekend or, um, yeah, just trying to be noticed. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. How's that, how's that look like now compared to now? Something that come up, coming up for me is, is a quote from the brave that Tim gave us. Um, and it's the boy, the boy has to prove himself and the warrior knows himself. Um, and I've changed that a little bit for myself to the man knows himself. So I guess back then I was a, I was a boy. I was trying to, I was trying to prove myself. I was, you know, just trying to drink alcohol to lower my inhibitions and, and just, you know, sleep with as, you know, as many women as possible and, and, you know, just to prove myself as a man with this sort of like pseudo yeah. ritual, I guess. And then, and then now, now I'm on this beautiful journey of getting to know myself as a man, you know, who, who am I really, who, who am I in relationships? Who am I out of relationships? Mm. What do I really want out of life and, and, and what, you know, what situations serve me and what don't. Mm. So that's, that's the contrast there is, um, yeah, really just, knowing myself on a, on a deeper level. Yeah. Do you say like you still have, how's that difference between like you, what you're saying, people pleasing and or sleeping with women? Like how's that shift, those two things shifted now? Um, they've, yeah, they've shifted a lot, man. And, and, you know, I realized the pattern, um, you know, it was quite sharp. It came to me at the start of 2019. Um, you know, the going out drinking, just, you know, trying to get that external gratification. Yeah. Um, and I realized the pattern and, and, you know, sort of stepped right back from it. And, and um, it wasn't long after this, this, you know, that beautiful, the beautiful woman I was talking about before, Rebecca, came into my life. And, um, and that was wonderful. And that was, you know, that was, you know, a much better relationship and it, it didn't mirror it didn't really mirror my, my past relationships and it didn't, you know, uh, I had none of that who I, you know, was as a, as a single guy and, you know, it was just a beautiful sort of connection. Um, and that was very healing for me, sort of, you know, this is what life can be like when you're not that person that's trying to please, when, you know, someone comes along that, that loves you for who you are. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so that, that, that relationship sort of um, fell apart earlier this year and I, and I was sort of faced with the choice. Do I, do I go back to, you know, old single Jamie and just, <laughs> you know, do I try and find that gratification outside of myself or do I, do I actually sit with this and, and do the work and do the retreats and do the meditations and do the breath work and, mm. and, and just, you know, reach a new point in life where I'm not, constantly reaching outside of myself. Mm, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, that's where I'm at the moment. I'm just sort of working through that. And, and when things come up, I'm, I'm like, well, how can I, 
how can I work through this myself? What, what, mm-hmm. what, what tools do I have or what tools can I create for myself? Man, that's beautiful, bro. What, what was your biggest vice in that unwoke period? Was it alcohol? Was it drugs? Was it women? Yeah, it was definitely, man, it was like, it was the thrill of the chase. Hey, it was, you know. Searching for women. Yeah, it was just, just drinking enough to not feel inhibitions because I could just be myself. I could just be, and not for long, you know. You know yourself when you're on a big night on the drinks is, is that moment where you fucking feel good, you know, you're just sort of in the flow. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I feel good, I might drink more. And, then, you know, there might be an hour where you're good and then you just go off and, that, and that's, when the, that's when the wounded side starts coming through, you know, the, the predator, the, mm-hmm. the, the little boy, that, you know, and that. But I guess I was just really just chasing that feeling in the middle where you just, you know, I feel good and flowy and I can just be me. I can just be open and happy and joyous and mm-hmm. and say what I want to say and do what I want to do. And then you tip over the edge and then you just like almost like, you know, it was like almost like an instinct. You go to mm. instinct and, you know, I'd like, I'd get, to a, I'd get to a club with some friends and I'd just disappear, man. I'd just, mm. I'd just fucking disappear and like... Not looking like who the fuck's next. Yeah, yeah, it was just... Oh, and I look back on it now and it's like, I mean, obviously every part of the journey is necessary, but that was my advice. And that was like, you know, I need to go out and need to chase. And mm. Interesting, that man. Was, yeah, and that was before sort of, you know, and that's what I pulled back from, you know. And then, you know, about a month later, I met Rebecca and, um, yeah. And that, that feeling since, you know, since we separated has come back up and I've just sort of, or where you want to drink and go back out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, came back up and just, you know, but I was ready to ask the question. I was like, why is this coming up? What, mm-hmm. you know, what is, what is this trying to tell me? What am I missing? What am I not doing in life that, you know, is not filling me up in that space? Or, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, my main advice was just, man, Friday night, on the drinks, you know, go mm. out with, it, with some mates and just have, get into that environment where I could chase the thrill of the chase. <laughs> to tune. <laughs> get in that environment where you just wanted to tune. <laughs> oh, man, what emotion challenged you most? You, you know, you talked about anxiety. Was that like your biggest challenge in that period? Yeah, man, Ang- anxiety, it's, it's something that was always under the surface. Um, wanting to fit in, wanting to get gratification, external gratification. Yeah. Um, and it came to a head in mid 2015. Um, I was on this, uh, I was on this beach in Thailand with, you know, some of my best friends and we're sort of, we had this, basically went to this other side of this island in this beautiful island in Thailand when it's a white sand beach, tropical, Fucking paradise, man. Tropical paradise. And we went out snorkeling. We just like walked off the beach and you know, beautiful coral and stuff. And I was sort of like floating in the water there. And I was like looking down and like, it's just so loud, man. My like, it's like, there's just like this, this voice is yelling in my head that was so loud that I couldn't, I couldn't experience anything going on around me. 
like my senses were just fucking numb. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just, I couldn't see what was right in front of me. I couldn't see the beauty right in front of me. I couldn't be present. And, and that's when I noticed there was, there was something wrong. There was something inside of me that just meant I couldn't shut off. I couldn't relax. I couldn't, I couldn't be present. Um, Did you contribute that to something that happened in your past? Not at the time. It wasn't until... God, man, it wasn't until I met you towards the end of 2019 and, and we did the work together that I even realized I had a story. It was just, you know, it was just a thing that happened and I didn't realize that it could be linked to the past and I didn't realize that, you know, it could be healed. And so, yeah, much later, you know, much, much later. And, and that was also, you know, that time when I had that realization was followed by falling out with the best friend while we were traveling and, and, and an anxiety attack um, based on what he thought about me. And, I, you know, that was when I really knew I needed to, I needed to make a change. Mm -hmm. um, I needed to work through that anxiety and, and that sort of started, really started the journey for me. How can I, you know, um, basically started with Tony Robbins, sort of that psychology, you know, what's going on with my mind and how can I sort of, influence that and then you know the philosophy and physiology i was going to the gym at the time and um sort of tried to just just work through it myself and and also mm. with a you know a close mate who was in my life who's still in my life today and he was going through some similar stuff and, and we helped each other through a lot as well that's awesome man have you found you've let that go and found forgiveness for that or is it has it really still sort of is it still there a little bit I think, you know, when I catch myself being stuck in my head, you know, what I was saying before, um, I think that that's anxiety kind of, you know, sort of coming up to the surface. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've worked through a lot of it. Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the work that we've done together, unpacking my story and, and you know, finding those, those pain points, those trigger points. Um, and even just like discovering I have a story and, and, you know, finding significance in my own story as well. You know, I always looked at it and, and I'm sure a lot of people are the same. They, you know, you look at your life and go, oh, it was pretty good. You know, I had food, I had shelter, I, you know, didn't get abused. I was loved, I was supported. So you think, fuck, what, what do I have to complain about? You know, like... Mm -hmm. mm. Um, it's just like those little those, that that egocentric child mind doesn't really understand it. It just says it's my fault. But like, mm. even though we weren't, you know, had, had a had a traumatic or troubled life, it's just the the, the mind says, oh, it must be me. Mm. And yeah, you know, that's so normal. So it's like people listening now. If you feel like you've had a good life, and you think oh, I shouldn't have anything to complain about, there's worse people, there's people worse off than me. Like, no, wrong. Like you will mm. actually make a story up in your head as a child from zero to seven. You you tend to do that, and that's what happened with you, right? Like you found that yourself, and it was like a, a couple of situations. You're just like, fuck this. This seems like it was my fault, but it wasn't because you can see the mm. benefits of it later now. So mm. it's, it's yeah, it's very powerful, man, when you do that work. 
Whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? Definitely the the um, the men in my life as as I was a child. I I definitely craved that. My you know, when we left New Zealand my, my dad made a decision to stay. Um, and not join you. It, no, he didn't yeah, he didn't join us. He the offer was there. Um, and for reasons I still fully haven't understood, but I've accepted, um, he chose to stay and, and, and left, you know, my mom and my, you know, two older sisters, but we came over, um, without a, without a father figure in, in our lives. And, um, so you craved yeah. his love, but how did, how did you, how would you, if you're living in Perth on the other side of, you know, the, the continent, well, not continent, but the mm. country. What what did you have to do to like? Well, what were you doing to be getting trying to get more of that love? I think just trying to connect with any of the men that were around, whether it be my mum's, you know, mum you know, mum got married again when I was about seven, um, and then you know had a couple of partners since then as well and, and just I guess I had to just be who I thought those different people wanted yeah. um, and also my, my my sisters you know male friends as well or their boyfriends or whoever was around just any man that was around just I guess I just had to constantly change who I was to be who I thought they wanted to be and they yeah. wanted to see and, Yeah. Have you, have you, are you still, you know, sort of evolving into that a bit more now, or do you feel like you've come a, come a long way with that masculine energy within yourself? Probably I've come a long way, man, a long way. Um, just understanding really what that masculine energy is and, and why I crave it. And, you know, the, the retreat that we both dived into together, the brave was, was huge for me. It was like, it was like this almost uh, a coming home of, of this power that had, I'd been giving away for so long. Yeah. Um, and that's where I came to terms with a lot of my anxiety. I, you know, I felt anxiety. I was, I was feeling like around my, you know, stomach sort of solar plexus kind of area. Um, and it was almost like something was missing from there. It was like I was living in the minds of other people. Um, you know, other people that I wanted love from, that I wanted to impress, that I wanted yeah. to. Um, and, and what the, the retreat taught me, um, or what brought all the pieces together for me, was that I have that power within me yeah. to love myself and to, and to love others and to fill myself up. Um, and that sent that area that felt like it's like missing changed it transformed into into my inner strength my yeah. inner power and yeah so it's super powerful bro that's real like it, I mean you've done you've done work to find that internal wholeness haven't you and and you're mm. starting to feel that change in your life obviously because you're you're looking at things differently so being able to do this inner work is really showing you that there is another path and there is another option than to feeling what you were feeling and staying stuck in that. Yeah. Mm. 
yeah, yeah, just stuck in my patterns, you know, when I, like I always say, once you, once you zoom out, you can't zoom back in. Once you, like, for me, once I zoomed out and thought and, and, and realized that, like, there is a reason why we do what we do. Yeah. Um, I could never really zoom back in. I had to, I had to just keep pulling on the string and, um, and that went on for, you know, the last five years. That's, yeah. that's still going on until, yeah, until I hit a point actually earlier this year where I was like, fuck, I'm just, I'm, I've gone not too far, but I'm just, I'm reaching again. I'm, I'm, I'm getting upset with people who aren't developing. I'm trying to push myself developing on other people. And yeah, for sure. And I had to push it all away. Mm-hmm. Um, what about one of the lowest points in your life, dude? Talk to me about that. And was suicide ever an option? That's a good question. <laughs> Suicide's like something that I think everyone, you know, crosses everyone's mind at one point or another in their life. You know, you know when you lose that first love or... <laughs> You know, it seems like the most painful thing in the world, but um, it's not something I ever seriously considered. You know, it's not something, um, you know, I was always quite loved and supported growing up and, um, yeah, I, I guess. And I learned quite early on in my journey in terms of, you know, like five years ago, I, I learned that, you know, would regardless of what happens you know, with the exception of some things we're going to be okay or you know or everything is necessary and part of the growth journey so suicide was never an option but definitely the lowest point for me was that anxiety attack in mid 2015 yeah did you, you feel know? like there was any way out of that no no it was it was it was just like sickening like it was like something living inside me just like Oh, even now, like going back to it, it's just making my stomach churn, you know. Yeah. Um, I was traveling, you know, my best friend of 11 years and and it was just something that pissed him off and he, he called me out on it and it just set this thing off for me. Like, fuck, you know, someone I love thinks this about me and it's like, who the fuck am I? And it was just the worst pain for me. So that's what triggered it. He pissed you off. Or you pissed no, him off. Yeah. Yeah. And off, what did he yeah. call you out on? You know, funnily enough, we, <laughs> I thought it was for years and years, literally only two, two three months ago, we had this conversation. Um, I always thought it was because I was, I, you know, went off with this girl and, um, you know, left him on the night sort of thing. Um, and I brought it up a few months ago. It's like, nah, man, like everyone we met when we were traveling, you were talking about how you didn't like the nine to five and you hated that lifestyle and you wanted to break away. And and he's like, I felt attacked. Like I felt it was very personal because he's like, that's the life that I want to live. That's who I want to be. And, and, and that's what I called you out on. What did he say to you? Man, I can't, in the moment, I can't even 
remember. Hey, I just remember being in the dorm room and he said something and I just like jumped down from the bed and just felt quite dizzy and like was just breathing heavily. I was like, fuck, I need to get out of here. And I went down into the lobby and just like fully broke down, man, like tears and like couldn't catch my breath and, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes. I'm not sure even how long it went on for. And I was just, God, it was, it was almost like an ultimate sort of wake up. I was, I felt so raw after that. So did did raw, he like, apologize or anything after? Or did you resolve it there? We didn't talk for probably like the whole day, maybe like 24 hours, but we were still traveling together. Like we still caught this like overnight bus and, um, yeah, and then we just stopped at this pit stop in the middle of the night and I think fuck, we just started talking about meatballs or something and yeah, it was just, it was okay. Yeah, but it was left it was unresolved. Good. I think between us it was resolved, but it just put the spotlight on this huge problem within me Yeah, that I needed to dive into, that I you know, that was the real start of my conscious journey. Like, fuck, there's something going on inside me. I don't know why it's happening, but I want to know. Yeah. Was there a significant moment of awakening for you? I think it's been something that's constantly unfolding. Um, But my time in Bali, you know, I when the anxiety attack happened, uh, you know, I dove into Tony Robbins and particularly his TED talk, why people do what they do. And, you know, you know, studied that and went deep and, and applied it to my life and, and did, and I, and I moved through a lot of levels, you know, a lot of stages in life and felt, you know, more and more, you know, just, just better. And like I had more tools to deal with stuff and, and those kinds of things, like a bit more conscious, but when I went to Bali and, and just started to actually, really dive into spirituality and start to open up that section of my life that had been closed since I was born, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, living this, you know, engineering mind, this mind of rationality. Um, and then I started to do these things like, you know, started to work with yourself and, you know, I was, I was already starting to do coaching and, and mindset stuff and, and you know, the work we started doing just fucking stopped me in my tracks. I was like, holy shit, there's like a lot to unpack here. There's a, I actually have a story and I have, mm. you know, I've, I've done all these things that are probably surface level, but, you know, actually clearing out all the junk and, you know, mm. rewriting my story. And um, so, yeah, Bali, man, like ecstatic dances, meditations, cacao ceremonies, mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, retreat. Yeah, that over that period was my, was my true awakening. That was when I... You know, spirituality. It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive over here into all facets. Hey. Yeah, yeah, and it was a huge dot connector, man. Huge fucking like. You know, I've been doing these things. You know, physiology, psychology, philosophy, and they also were seemingly related, but there was something greater that connected them all, and and there was spirituality Mm -hmm. that just flowed through everything, Mm -hmm. flowed through everything. So that was my awakening. That's my discovery. And yeah. so you talked about a few different things that you've used. What was the what was one of the or a couple of the greatest healing modalities that you used in this journey? 
Um, definitely, definitely mentorship. You know, having having someone work with me to really unpack. You know, to really just mirror, like. Because it's a, it's so easy to slip into the unconscious mind when we're just within ourselves. We can't really see ourselves. You know, you don't you don't know what you look like. But if you sit down and have a conversation with someone who's who's willing to listen, who's willing to mirror back what you're actually saying. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you know the first time you hear your voice played back to you, you're like, "Fuck, that doesn't sound like me," mm -hmm. but that is you. You know, and it's like. You know, doing that mentoring and then, uh, you know, hitting these snags, which, you know, which you and I did and said, fuck, man, like, that's something you need to heal. And then going in on that, doing, uh, I think, mm. if I was going to recommend anything to someone, it would be inner child work. Um, Love that, the shit out of that little kid inside, eh? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he's, you know, like you say, we, we have our story written zero to seven years and going back to that time within that meditation and rewriting that story, you know, coming back as an adult and saying, you know, yeah, bro, you were, you were abandoned then. You were, you know, left in the waves or, you know, that didn't come with us or, mm -hmm. um, and just saying, yeah, but fuck, I'm here now. I'm an adult. I'm with you. I'm supporting you. And it's okay. And, you know, the more you do that, the more those emotions that were created by these experiences, you know, they start to dissipate. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so inner child and, and also the same context, but future self. So I think this was on the brave as well. We did like, you know, look at yourself in 10 years. Um, I might've been in a, a different one, but you know, and you know, this is obviously deep into a meditation. So this image sort of appears of you in 10 years and you know, what is, what is your future self trying to tell you? And it's sort of just like, hey, bro, we're fucking sweet, man. Look, <laughs> the last 10 years have been epic. Just fucking relax, you know? Don't <laughs> fucking worry. So true, eh? <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. I, and now I just walk around, you know, with my future self and my and my inner child and with just the three of us. I just, and, and me now, and... You know, I can, I can constantly revisit those if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling anxious or abandoned or, you know, feeling like I'm worried about the future, I can drop into those different spaces. And mm -hmm. It's cool, bro. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Mm. Um, what, about, what about your friend group? How has that changed as you've changed? Fuck. It's changed a lot. <laughs> um, and that has been one of the biggest challenges for me over the last you know, little while, last few months. Um, when I left Perth two years ago, I, I organized a wine tour and that was like my favorite fucking day out, man. Just like a whole <laughs> whole day of drinking and, um, I, you know, I got had like 30 of my closest friends on this bus and, you know, I felt like, you know, best friends with all of them and it was fucking amazing. And, and I felt like we were all doing what I loved doing the most, which is, you know, going out and drinking for a day. Yeah. Um, and then I went away and, you know, I continued that pattern in Auckland, so that was okay, and I stayed connected with all of those friends. And then I went to 
Bali and went on this, you know, sort of more spiritual journey where you start to drink less and you start to value different things like breathwork and meditations and um, and then I returned to Perth and and you know whether they've seen me do it on Facebook or or whatever and I just feel like most of the people that I most of the friends I had back then aren't open to those conversations and. And I still love them and still want to spend time with them, but at the same time, it's like, you know, in order to surround myself with people who do like having those conversations and, you know, you've got to pull back in a sense. And I found myself when I first got back, I was reaching, I was trying to like reconnect with those friends and I was trying to like, you know, hang out with me and let's do stuff. And like, mm. um, and I was like, fuck, I'm just trying to like people please again. I'm just trying to get back into that mode. And it's like, I need to just, I need to take a step back. Mm -hmm. I need to be in my own sort of space and, and, and see what comes up, you know, allow space for, for more experiences and more opportunities and more people to come into my life. Mm. That was fucking hard, man. That was fucking hard. Having, like, to, you know, having to go into like, lead them behind and go into nothing for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, because because I, I love these people and I still love them and I love who they are and um, and and everyone's got their own journey, you know. Um, but yeah, there's been a definite shift and 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 some people now have come into my life that are more on that vibe that you know enjoy having these conversations and, and doing these kinds of things like meditations and yeah, yeah. doing those kinds of things. Um, and it's been quite beautiful, but. It was hard, man. It was, mm. it was, you know, you had to, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, based on what I know of your story, I'm sure it'd probably be a very similar sort of thing. Like if you, you know, returned to Perth and you know you had this sort of like lifestyle that was, <laughs> you know, living, you know, this old lifestyle, and you come back with sort of fresh eyes, and you're like, that's not me anymore. You know, I was, I got asked to organise a, a wine tour for my birthday this year, and. You know, it was just so much resistance. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then I was just like, I just don't want to. It's just not. And you didn't do it? I didn't do it, man. I, I didn't even organize anything for my birthday until like two or three days before I decided to have a barbecue. But mm. um, yeah, and I think that's so important, man. Just honoring, you know, honoring like who I am and, and holding my own space and my own presence. And allowing space for things to come up rather than just sort of like, you know, slipping into old patterns or spending, you know, time with people who might not want to see you fully, might not mm. want to know you fully, you know, like, uh, you know, and for whatever reason, not judging them for it, but might not want to know your story. Um, and that's completely okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Mm. What part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for? Oh, man. Everything, bro. Just <laughs> everything is fucking necessary, man. Like the, the hard times, the doing the work. The things that seem like I'm, they're pushing me in the wrong direction, like everything has brought me to where I am today. Mm. 
a space where I can be present and show love and show respect and and yeah, I'm just grateful for all the challenges, man. And you know, it's like even now I'm feeling something come up with like the imposter syndrome. You know, like I've, I've listened to some of these these stories and you know, the rest of the series and. I've been so fucking lucky for my life and, and I'm so grateful for every single part of it. And, you know, I guess a lot of my trauma has just been relative as, you know, not being able to process it as a child and haven't had much sort of deep trauma as an adult. But, you know, I'm grateful for you for, you know, the work we did really for showing me that I do have a story. and 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 can add value to people's lives by sharing it and and mm -hmm. also can add value to my own life by unpacking it mm -hmm. um, that's a crucial part man you've done yeah. you've done a great job doing it too <laughs> this is the last yeah. question bro what's one tip that you would give your old self just starting this journey think about think about jamie in thailand like to mm. now what would you say to him It's like the butterfly effect, eh? Like, mm. <laughs> if you change one little thing, what what would change on the on the other end? You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, man, just yeah, just fucking chill the fuck out. <laughs> um, just, I think, if anything, it would be to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fear and do it anyway. Feel the fucking fear and do it anyway. Um, what, would like, he, what would have he ever replied to you? <laughs> Probably would have had a few drinks and fucking did it anyway. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. After a few drinks, mate. All right, I'll do it after a few drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a couple of beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No worries. Whatever you say, mate. Whoever you are, but I'll do it after a couple of beers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, bro. Well, thank you very much for your time, bro, and sharing your story and and yeah, joining me on this and for going into those those memories i'm sure that brings up some stuff it tends to bring up stuff for everyone that comes on here and yeah i'm really grateful for, sh for you sharing that and helping others on this path oh man and so grateful for you investing in this journey bro fucking getting the best of men together and uh it's, it's sparta like are you ready <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> the one the 100 that's gonna be the new movie the 100 <laughs> And we're going to just hold that fucking fort down, man. Let no unconscious man through. <laughs> oh, that's probably going to, that's probably going to trigger a few people. But we are Sparta. Yeah, awesome, man. Fuck yeah. Let them be triggered, man. That's, that's where the fucking magic happens. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you to everyone for listening and, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Much love. I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, 
Wokey woke man, bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be